What up, everybody? I want to welcome y'all back to the Socks and Sandals podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your boy, Emmanuel Williams. We back in the building. We back in the kitchen. We whipping it up. Uh, I got my boy, Shingy, with me. Say what's up to the people, bro. What's up, people? Peace. Yes, sir. So we're back at it, man. Just a few quick announcements. I want to appreciate everybody that's been listening, that's been tuning in, all the new subscribers. Welcome once again. Welcome back. Um, if you're on iTunes, I appreciate you. And if you can leave a comment, rate five stars, all of that helps for visibility. So I appreciate y'all for doing that. And those who have already done it, appreciate y'all. Uh, if you're on SoundCloud, you're on Stitcher, however you're listening, I want to welcome y'all back once again. So, um, man, it's Shingy, bro. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, bro. Thank you for having me back on the podcast, man. I'm so excited to be back and, uh, be involved in what you're doing. Yeah, and, man. And, uh. Just uh, help to be part of dialogue that uh, hopefully gets people thinking. Yeah, man. I mean, bro, I, I can't stress enough. Like your two episodes, and if y'all been rocking with us since day one, you know episodes six and seven. You know the African spirituality joints, man. You came out here and blessed us with some knowledge, bro. Like yeah, real talk. It was, it was and I will cool. say, like ever since I've heard that. Um, you know, I, I listen back to it and it's just like, it's opened my mind to just different possibilities as far as like spirituality is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, how I interpret things that I read in the Bible and just other things that I, you know, come across. Mm-hmm. It helps out a lot, bro. So, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, man. So what's been going on with you lately, man? It's been, it's, this is like 20 something episodes later. So yeah, what's, what's been, been going on with you? You know, um, I'm a parent of uh, three energetic boys <laughs> and uh, work working full time. So just been busy doing that and trying to find um, time in there for creativity and and um, so yeah, an opportunity like this to be back on the podcast is is a blessing. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Appreciate a lot you, of the bro. same stuff going on. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Well, I seen you post something on Facebook, and we was chatting a little bit about it, man. But uh, it's uh, Zimbabwe Independence Day, right? Well, it <laughs> well, what's actually happening is that um, there is uh, a lot of unrest going on in the country right now, okay? Because um, uh, the country has um, uh, we've been uh, we've had the same president since 1980. Mm-hmm. President Robert Mugabe, uh, who uh, is, uh, uh, I don't know, you want to say controversial figure these days, but somebody who led the, was one of the leaders of a struggle that the country fought against the British okay. to gain independence from the country. Mm-hmm. And what has happened now is that uh, after all these years, 30-something years, um, the government has allowed the country to, de- de- to degenerate mm. to a place where there's no jobs um, uh, so unemployment um, you know just economic collapse uh, you know it's it's things are always complicated and layered but we, there's a lot of uh, evidence of mismanagement of the economy mismanagement of, of money so my my post there was because um, the military decided to step in uh, last night mm. and actually take control of the government, take control of the country. So it's it's a coup, basically. Mm. So the military decided to take over and uh, have surrounded the president and uh, wow. they're uh, forcing him to step down. But it's not over yet. Uh, so, so it hasn't even been 24 hours. It barely. This all, wow. uh, this time... This time yesterday, it was being the, the the military, the army guys went. They took over the, the TV station, mm-hmm. and they went in front of the cameras and said, "Hey, we're here. We're wow. taking over." That's crazy. So uh, there's still a lot of things that have to be worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but a lot of us are excited of for a change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is something that you're not necessarily like. You don't want it to happen. Like you kind of, you think that this is for the better. The coup. I think this is for the better. Yeah. This is for the better. This mm-hmm. is for the better for our f- for the future of the uh, of the country. For there to be a different, just new blood in, in leadership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when was the last time you know you went back home? 
I was in Zimbabwe last July. Mm-hmm. I went out there last July yeah. uh, for three weeks. Um, went there by myself and got to tour around the country and visit uh, my mom's siblings, my dad's siblings, uh, friends, mm-hmm. uh, my in-laws. So it was uh, it was good, though. You know, life is uh, life is difficult there. Like I was saying, there's a lot of economic issues. Yeah, uh, a lot of people. Young people don't have jobs and opportunities to, you know, provide for their families or stuff like that. So um, it was a bittersweet trip to be there. Mm-hmm. On one level, it was uh, really great to actually experience the experience of how he's laugh about this. But this is kind of how I imagine that white people feel. Me. So this is what when they walk around like. because it's like <laughs> when I'm there, it's like we are the people. Yeah, like we own everything. This is it. So the police look like me. The yep. young people look like me. Everyone looks like me. Yeah. And so you don't go anywhere, operate, any, do anything, yeah. go anywhere ever. Like the idea of police entering your mind mm-hmm. and that being an issue, that's not even an issue. It's like not a thing that is part of your consciousness. That's funny that you say. So that. it was crazy just to be like, like. This is like I'm here. This is like I could do. I'm not saying I could do whatever I want, but it's just like this is not a factor. It's just a level of comfort, fr- comfort yeah. and freedom yeah. that you don't have yeah. so, here in in America, no. especially in Oregon. No, unfortunately, so it, it, it you know uh, so um, so it was bittersweet. You mm-hmm. know, then there's issues with like you know electricity supply. Sometimes, sometimes the water doesn't come out the tap. Mm. You know, things you just take for granted when you're here yeah. that just work, that they don't work that well yeah. there. And it just varies from state, from you know, city to city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, um, there's pluses and minuses. For sure, yeah. All, all around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That reminds me, like, when you said that, it made me think about, like, my freshman year in college. So I went to Texas Southern in Houston. So HBCU. And, uh, you know, coming from Portland, Oregon, it was my first time it was culture shock for me, which shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way, but it was mm-hmm. like going to a school, 10 to 12,000 people, wow. all black. So like my first day there, 10,000. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And one school, like, so when my, my first day of class what? or first day of school, like, I don't even know if I went to class the first day. I just sat on the student center steps. And just watched. And I just watched. And I was amazed. I'm like, they, they keep coming. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, this is amazing. Like, I've never been immersed in my own culture in wow. my whole life. I'm 18 years old. And, I'm, and not to say that Portland didn't have that, but, like, you knew everybody. Like, I didn't know anybody. And there were thousands of people that I did not know. Yeah, and it was just mind blowing. I want to go see that. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. And and the school is in, you know, the hood or whatever. It's, the projects is literally like a couple blocks away. Wow. But you don't, it's not like what you see on TV. And it's right. not like, it's violence. And it's like kind of, you just know where not to go. Right. Don't go down Alabama Street after 7 o'clock. You know, it's right. just like certain Everyone things. Knows. Yeah, everybody knows. If you be smart, then you're not going to get in trouble. Right. Um. But I remember, like, you know, everywhere you go, you go to the bank. Um, I had Bank of America. I go to the bank. Number like, I go to grocery store, H-E-B. I'm like, I go, you know, just anywhere. Mm-hmm. Go to the restaurant. You go to Papa Do's. All your servers black. You know? Um, go to the airport. Everybody's black. And I and I didn't, like, I didn't realize that I didn't think about racism until I came home for Christmas break. I was like, oh, shoot. There's white people. I was like, I didn't even see a white person what? for, like, three months. Wow. Now I might have, but I didn't recognize it because they just got lost in the sea of blackness. Right. <laughs> you know, so it was just like, man, like that feeling of comfort and it's and it's tough, even though I live here, I'm back in Portland, I'm born and raised here. Yeah. It doesn't feel as familiar and as comfortable as the South. I'm longing to go back to the South. So yeah. Hopefully that's coming sooner rather than later. But I gotta get back. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? You know? I feel you on that. And uh, yeah. I mean it and uh, not to not Portland by the by the way, but what I'm yeah, saying, no, Portland's a great city. It's a great it's a great place to be. It's a great place, to, uh, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, it's just the you reality. can't you it's can't duplicate everything. Yeah, yeah, some things just, can't be duplicated. So it's just the reality. Yeah. So let's let's backtrack. Everybody doesn't know you, so mm-hmm. tell you right about yourself, 
where you from, how you came here mm-hmm. to, to Oregon, all that stuff. So, uh, basically, I am I'm African-American. Okay. African-American. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents uh, immigrated to the United States in mid-70s. Okay. To get their college educations. Mm-hmm. They're part of like one of the first waves of uh, Zimbabweans who got a, an opportunity to come here, get their education. So they got their education. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, my dad actually went to college to the University of Idaho. Okay. Um, which is in Moscow, Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was born there in 1978. My sister was born a few years later. And then when I was about two and a half or three and my sister was about one we moved back to Zimbabwe after my parents finished school hmm. so I'm a US citizen by birth moved back to Zimbabwe went preschool all the way through high school till I was 17 uh, in Zimbabwe then moved back here the idea being I was going to come back and get my degree get my education and then go back mm-hmm. in the meantime the country went through um, economic collapse. Yeah, uh, my, my father passed away as well mm-hmm. during that time, two thousand two, and by that time it was sort of like my mom moved here, and the idea of going back home was sort of mixed at that point. Yeah. There's no jobs, no opportunities, mm-hmm. so I stayed here. So I've been in the states for twenty since nineteen ninety six, so twenty. Was 2017, so yeah, 21 years. Okay, so I've actually lived here longer than I lived. I think I'm at like half and half if you include the time that I was born right here. Actually, I've lived here, been here more than I've been in, in Africa, but I did uh, have all my uh, formative uh, days there, yeah, um, in Zimbabwe. And so, in that time, I lived in Seattle for a while, and I lived in Los Angeles for some time. Then, four years ago, I moved up to Portland with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm married to. Uh, uh, my wife was from Zimbabwe as well, Angela. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so... Did she grow up there? She grew up there. Okay. She grew up there. She was born there. She grew up there and then moved out here, I think, when she was 17 as well. So where'd you guys meet? We met in Seattle. Okay. We met in Seattle, Washington. There's, we both have a lot of family there. Mm-hmm. So there's not that many of us there, so we kind of know each other. Right. Community's small. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we met through mutual... Through my sister, actually. That's dope. Yep. When I went to Seattle and found you a girl from home. Yep. Yeah. Lucky man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, yeah. So, uh, so today, you know, we're going to kind of get into a topic that as black people, as Africans, as African-Americans, yeah. everybody knows that they talk about this amongst each other. Yes. But between each other, the two different groups, it's not that common. No. I've never, I've never even had it to be honest. No. Um, so it's basically the disconnect between Africans and African Americans. Absolutely. Uh, it's so broad, like as far as where we can go with this. Yeah. It's kind of hard to start, but I'll start with this. Yeah. Me growing up, you know, I had my own. I came to my own conclusion, and it's not like some unique conclusion, mm-hmm. but. When I think about it, I think about, well, Africans, they not us. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to go through what we went through. Mm-hmm. So they don't identify with us. And I don't identify with them, mm-hmm. you know. And so and then also you have that you have this animosity or resentment because some people think and I was one of those people that thought, well, they the ones that let us go into slavery. Yeah. And they didn't come get us. Yeah. So f them. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. All, all things that, that I can say make sense. Yeah. So yeah. and and that's not the right way of thinking. But when you're like 16 and you're drawing your own conclusions because no one is teaching you about anything. Right. You just you know about slavery and that's all right. you know. Right. When it comes to Black History Month, you talk they talk about slavery. Yeah. Up to barely getting your freedom, you know, 40 years ago in the, yeah. in the 60s or 70s, whatever. So yeah. yeah. Um. So all we all we know is oppression, and all we know is they never came for us. Yeah, yeah. So when you hear that, what what kind of triggers in your mind? You know. Well, I mean, I guess all I can all I can come go from is from my experiences. Yeah. And I gotta preface this and say, 
coming up in Zimbabwe, um, you know, all we had to rely on was the television, mm-hmm. which is what, which was all that I had to sort of base my opinion or base my whatever ideas I had about uh, black American, African American people or culture. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's African American culture, music, um, uh, speech. Mm-hmm. It's, I'd say it's the most influential in the world. Yeah. Right? So, coming from Zimbabwe, I came, by the time I showed up, listening to Snoop, mm-hmm. Dre, <laughs> NWA. Yeah. That was my, that was my, you know, that was what I knew, and I, I really, I wanted to be that. Right. Yeah. I really admired that, and I, that was like, wow, you know, I really want, I really want to, that's cool. Yeah. You know, the, the lingo, everything. I was like, man, I just want to be that. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, move here. Moved to Seattle, which is a was a bit of a, a buzzkill, a bit of a disappointment. <laughs> Getting off a plane, like, wait, 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 what, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. Getting off an airplane from from you know from Zimbabwe, showing up in Seattle, it's like, wait a minute, like, where's Brooklyn? Like, <laughs> where's Brooklyn? You know, where where's Brooklyn Oakland? Where you Brooklyn? know, like where? And I'm just like, you know, so it was a letdown. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, I remember the first time that I was invited to a house party by a brother I knew at school and it was just like I got to the party and people were just in the basement smoking I don't know what they were smoking but I was smoking like a <laughs> smoking bong something. or whatever right. it's just like where was the I was thinking of like the video like the <laughs> what's that video the Snoop video uh, we had the champagne bottles in the fridge what was that song <laughs> Um, he was just like, where's I, the, I was like, yeah, where's the... Anyway. Like, this, <laughs> this ain't like, no real party. This ain't no, you know... This ain't what I came so here anyway, for. And then, I remember being in school, being in community college, and feeling... Trying to connect and trying to befriend people. Um, my brothers and sisters were African-American. And it seemed like there was just some kind of, like... I don't want to call it being looked down upon, but there was definitely like a not, there was, there was a lack of acceptance or, Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, or it, and you didn't even have to say anything. Like you didn't have to do much. Like, no, you yeah. could have, you could have been the coolest guy ever. Yeah. And it wasn't universal. I mean, there's, there's a couple of people who are like dear friends who have known, you know, now 15 plus years. Yeah. Um, but on the, but for the most part, mm-hmm. I just didn't really ever build any like long standing, relationships yeah um so you know i didn't really have i mean i know you know there's so many layers to it mm-hmm. but uh yeah i remember being told you know oh you're too nice this is by girls you know you're too nice i'm sitting there going i'm too nice mm. oh you're too nice okay well that's interesting right. <laughs> how can you be they want to you to talk to him like Dr. Dre. Yeah. And, or, and yeah. So you're sitting there like, well, okay. Um, you got to call him out their name a couple of times. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so the, there were some things that I just didn't connect. But, you know, I, um, I think, you know, over time it became evident that, you know, we just, we're, we're not, uh, I think what we have in common was skin color. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, that's all we had in common. Did it blow your mind though to come here to see people that look like you that just didn't accept you or just want to befriend you off top? Like, did that? Yeah, you know, it was. uh, It was. You know, I won't say that I like. I went depression over it, but definitely was disappointing. Mm -hmm. You know. um, But then, but then, you know, is is one thing that um, I have to. be clear or not to be clear but one thing that is I think the feeling is the the misunderstanding of each other is mutual yeah so from the from from the from the perspective of uh, most Africans who are coming here they come out of a lot of the time out of situations that are very difficult Mm -hmm. right so in my own again my own case I know you know my my dad 
was born in a village on the floor of a mud hut. Mm. That's where he was born. Mm-hmm. And he, I'm not going to make it into like a thing that he pulled his bootstrap or whatever, but we ended up here. Yeah. Through a lot of luck and hard work and whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And we always, the general vibe, the diff- the general, I'll just speak for, for most people that, you know, most Africans are sort of like, you look and say, ha, you know, we just, we just got here and we're focused on just trying to get ourselves into a better situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it took me a while because I didn't even realize till I'd been here, you know, like the slave trade and this thing, some, there's a lot of things that weren't that, um, that I was not fully exposed to mm. as far as understanding the context of how, of how the culture became where it is. Mm. So I'll give you examples of like just... That's why they didn't teach you about slavery in Isabel? Uh, we, we learned a little bit about, about... Okay, learning about slavery and just like people taking over on a boat and then they were sold to slaves is not enough. Like just, pat, you know, glossing over it in, a, in you know, reading the pages of a history book is really doesn't, doesn't um, do justice to the... The trauma mm-hmm. and the sort of um, problems that that creates, right, right, like systemically, yeah, just the, the emotionally, yeah, the right. generations of this is, is going to create problems. Oh yeah, yeah, it's going to create so you know really bad problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, for the most part, most people don't really have. Most people that I, most people that I've been encountered, and most most of the time, people just don't have really have time to stop and think about that. And truth be told, even in America, especially in an area like this where there's not a lot of black people anyway, yeah. you don't have any black teachers. Nobody's really diving deep into that. We don't learn that. Like I didn't learn the depths of it until I got to college. I went to a black school, and they teach yeah. a lot about you know the oppression and racism, not just racism, but just like slavery and um yeah just i guess i would say systemic racism yeah uh, and all the things that you have to do and have to know to be able to know what you're up against um but yeah i mean if you just grow up in a predominantly white environment and you're african-american you don't know the the depths of the trauma you may not hear about something called post-traumatic slave syndrome or things things of that nature yeah yeah i think yeah, the, I mean that's that's a that's a there's just a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah. So on the surface, you know, so really Africans are very very conservative. Mm. Like we're very conservative people traditionally, mm-hmm. and so you know, and I liken it to even within the the U.S. within the black culture here, you we have the South as mm. our roots. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. the South is, is, is our roots, and even if you go back to fifty years ago, and before people were sort of migrating out to the coast and whatever, right. most black people were down in the South, and there was a different culture. There's still a different culture there in terms of respect for your elders, totally how different. you talk to, you know, all yeah. these kind of things. Right. So. I didn't know any of that, but I arrived here and I see, and I what I saw was just dysfunction. Mm. I saw a dysfunctional, a dysfunctional black community. Wow. Um, a community where a lot of things that in our culture are not normal, mm-hmm. but were just normal. Were normal what, things. What, what would jump out to you? That was like something that was normal. Or you was thinking like, "What is going on?" Yeah, I think you know, even like a baby mama, like <laughs> baby mamas, <laughs> you know, or and, or a woman with a whole bunch of kids from different dads, and like just walking around appearing to be proud about that, and Ooh, that's just normal. Yeah, yeah. All these things that were just sort of normal when you're looking at it, going, "Whoa." This ain't normal. Right. 
now these are things that are not just these are things that are just that are part of <clears throat> the socioeconomic part of it because yeah. you see that it, you'll see that happening not only in the African American community yeah, for it's sure. happening in all you know but the socioeconomic part of it there's there's so much to it yeah. and then it's not to say that but you know when there's when there's a a, a phrase coined behind like a certain thing that's going on in society mm-hmm. it almost makes it, it normalize like you said it normalizes it yeah and i and that's that's certain things that get normalized um it's like a phenomenon to me yeah so for you as baby mama and a couple episodes back i was talking about like the side chick like the term side, the side chick. chick i saw that you know and i'm just like man one, yeah. when did this become normalized why is this like normal? why is this so yeah you know certain things so yeah, that's that's funny that you say that. That kind of jumped out to you, the, the so baby certain, mama. <laughs> certain things that are normal, certain respect for elders so and ways of being that are just that have that are that are just. Uh, uh, it's not <laughs> not something that will happen back home. <coughs> no, yeah. and I and I sh- and to be fair, yeah, you know. Every time when happen. I go to Zimbabwe, yeah, I see more stuff where I go, wow. Right, you know, I only left Zimbabwe in 1996, mm-hmm. and between now and then, there's things that were just you didn't do that kids are doing now. Yeah, because it's just the world things change, the world is changing. So I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to be from like a high horse. No, that's that just better. what I'm you saying, what you experience. Yeah. So no so, judgment for me. I don't know yeah. about y'all out there. Y'all need to <laughs> stop judging this man. Let him share. Make that very clear. Yeah, yeah. Let him share that, his thoughts. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so. But yeah, there's just things that, and and by the way, these are things that. There's a lot of things about just showing up here, that were just weird, that mm-hmm. all kind of people, I mean, of Americans did. Right. You know, bringing their dog in the house, sleeping with the dog in the bed, <laughs> kissing the <laughs> dog in the mouth, <laughs> kissing your dog in the mouth, dressing addressing parents by first name. Ooh, well, that's uh, see, look, let's, teachers let's, by let's first name. Let's cut that short. Some like, that, that's not in the black community. No, yes, I, yes. <laughs> that don't apply but to us. So yeah. this part of this stuff is just American stuff For that sure. was just like, huh? Yeah, you right. know? And then there's other parts of it that were just like, whoa, you know, how yeah. is that normal? Mm-hmm. And then, so right off the bat, I can tell you that, you know, and it's always like when you when you're talking to. Uh, the older people of my parents' generation, where the disconnect is even way further, where they look, uh, they look down on African American so culture. So what's so what's the sentiment? What's that sentiment like? As far as if they look down, like what are what are they saying? What are they thinking about us? As far as our lifestyle, our work ethic, or lack thereof. Our lack of achievement compared to their achievement when they come to America and do what they do. What are those conversations like? I think it's just overall lack of culture. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard for me to start pinpointing, but Mm -hmm. the lack of the lack of culture, which is an American thing again as well. It's an American thing. The lack of culture is the big. I think it's probably the is the big thing, and that's and I should and I, I, it would be unfair for me to just single out African American culture. I think that Africans come and look at American culture and just go, you know, right? We, uh, you know, we, we are kind of we are making it up as we, we go. Yeah, we you know we eat our fufu and our certain things that we eat, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Right. And this is the way that we do things and I think I, I think most people don't even have time to like dissect it down into like African American, non African American. It's just sort of like American, huh? Right. And then again, like I'm saying, my generation, mm-hmm. or at least for me having lived here a long time mm-hmm. and actually getting to understand and getting to know people, getting to really know people and getting to uh, be more exposed. Ah, things make sense. Yeah, in a way that I cannot judge. Right, because I can look at it and say, "Wow, you know, you can see how 
can see how you how communities end up in this situation mm-hmm. and it's just um you know uh it's uh it's you know i look at the leaders who were supposedly the leaders of the african-american nation for whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. all, you know all sharptons and what's oh, that the guy you know jesse, jesse jackson, jackson is like yeah you know there's the the, the leadership is not very well, strong we, or oh. really in a position to where they need to be saying the things that need to be said like mm-hmm. you need to stop talking about women like this you need to stop you well, need I mean, to well, stop you, you know what that somebody is somebody needs to just there's no you know they, yeah well that's that's so that because things are so no, no, yeah, abnormal things are so normalized but there's nobody to and then again I don't know if somebody stood up and, and pointed those things out if they would be tolerated anyway but no still, they would be killed the system they will be the killed system does, so that system wants yeah people to stay in that position oh yeah and yeah. the and the system will make it so that you're not going to rise above where we allow you right. and if you do rise above where we allow you we will kill you i mean america right. has made that clear that is very very clear to black people so um anytime we have any type of success you go back to black wall, wall street in tulsa oklahoma in the 20s right. you got all these black people that are Buy it now. It's right now. It's like a fad. Like it's a new thing. Buy black, you know, support your. Like we, we used to do that when right. we had our own communities, right? And we had our own banks and insurance companies, and we had everything, mm-hmm. you know. And, and it wasn't just Oklahoma. It was other pockets of the South that had these little thriving areas. Even in Charlottesville, Virginia, right? Like where they had the the rallies and stuff with like in that area of, of Virginia, there was like areas like that which could be like a black wall street but what happens is over time the the usa the kkk can do whatever they want so they can terrorize anybody at at a moment's notice so they've been doing that for tens of 20 100 years and anytime we rise up in america as a people and start doing something good they will burn the town down they'll kill people they'll lynch you they'll do whatever Mm -hmm. so that's why all the black people, you know, migrated from because Jim Crow, it was just crazy. Yeah. And then you talk about black leadership. I just think the same thing. I didn't really realize this until I got into my late twenties, early thirties. I was like, man, why black people? Why, why we can't do like them? Right. Why we can't, you know, X, Y, and Z? But then you learn about, of course, you know, MLK and what happened to him. Yeah. But even like the Black Panthers and how the FBI just went all out against them and called them terrorists. Right. But they're not going after the KKK. Right. Where it's obvious that they're terrorizing black people, but they are the KKK, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. So so that's that's why when you see our coach, like everything is in kind of disarray and our leaders they're by the balls because they know if you rise up you would get killed. And you don't even have to be black. You could be JFK. Right. We're gonna kill you too. If and you want equality of, for everybody, nah, we're going to shut that down. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of parallels between what what is happening uh, on some levels in, you know, in the black communities around the country mm-hmm. and things that happen, that are happening and have happened in Africa as well. Yeah. For us, it's still somewhat fresh because we, you know, in my lifetime, mm-hmm. there was a time when, when you walked down the street, like, certain streets you couldn't be on that street right restaurants you couldn't go into types of beer you couldn't drink types of things that you couldn't do based on your skin color you talking about in America or in Zimbabwe in Zimbabwe okay okay. and all over Africa this is because we got independence in 1980 Mm, this is not long ago it's very fresh in our minds that you know what a colonizer is capable of doing and how that can affect you Mm -hmm. and so yeah on on many levels we actually have a lot of uh, we have a lot of parallels in mm-hmm. the things that we're dealing with mm-hmm. a lot of things in common in and <clears throat> you're absolutely right because what the system has done is it has not just the system has gone after the building block of a community which is a family mm-hmm. they've gone after that basic thing which is a man and a woman mm-hmm. get together have a family uh, and 
build that together. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you have, you know, more of those build, more of those blocks, more of those blocks, more of those blocks, and that stability. And then you have your grandpa there. You have parents, you have grandparents, and you have this whole structure of a community. Yeah. And that, when you've broken down that, that basic block, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you, how can you sustain anything if yeah. you can't just have a normal family? Yep. Yeah. And, and, they, and it's always been under been, attack. Mm-hmm. That is that is how, you know, this the system has is, is working to ensure that. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it's in their interest also to make sure that's across the board. Yeah. Because even like you and I, you know, I I often feel like I'm just some kind of a unicorn or some kind of just me. I'm 38, mm-hmm. three kids married. Mm-hmm. I look around. Where do you see that? I look at you. Where do you see? People like us doing what we're doing right now. It's, it's not, so rare. Yeah. Which is just, we should be, we should be shocking, <laughs> but it's not because we're all being taught that like, oh no, you, you don't need a woman. Or the, the woman are being told you don't need a man. You don't need each other. Yeah. You just do your thing. And it's and that's, and, and the culture accepts it like. Independent woman. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, that's like you know Beyonce, Destiny's mm-hmm. Child. They and they sing the song, mm-hmm. and now for the past twenty years, every girl want to be an independent woman. Mm-hmm. And this stuff and is- you and you think about what what does that mean if you're an independent woman? Not that uh, I don't have to rely on a man for nothing, but it's not just that. That's breaking up the family. Like you, that, you're saying you don't need a man, right? Like you don't. We need, don't need a husband. Other. We don't. We don't need each we don't other. Need each other, and you know this is this is being exported all over the world. Yeah. So there's kids, there's people all over the world that are hearing this, and the and the movies are reflecting this, and this is just this is the culture that's being exported, and it's working mm-hmm. because you go every time I go back to Zim, everywhere it just Zimbabwe. It's this this stuff is spreading. This is what is yeah. Everything we're in, a, we're in a global culture. Now people have access to the, we have these phones, these devices. Oh, yeah, we're all, we're seeing all what each other are doing. When I go to Zim right now, and yeah, the music. We, I turn the radio on. The exact same music that's playing here <laughs> is playing there. Yeah, the reality shows that are here are there. Wow. I can go to Zim right now, and not skip a beat. I can watch this NBA game right here in Zim right now. It'll yeah. be seven in the morning mm-hmm. <laughs> when I'm watching it, but right. it's all connected now. Yeah. So there's this like. This whole thing is so layered, mm-hmm. um, and at the end of the day, you know, having that awareness and trying to spread that awareness of and trying to like with this podcast, yeah, this is this is the this is the fight that this is the way that we fight mm-hmm. is trying to um, open people's minds to other ways of thinking about the world right. and then you know again the last podcast I was talking about spirituality and and how when things are set in this way that every civilization comes with its ideas of the creation of the world and what it means to be here all these things are very important to to the to the they're very important to the big picture mm-hmm. um, but they also give meaning and give sense to to um, I'll give you an example um, in the um, some of the comedic or Egyptian cosmogony you have um family you have there's a focus in even within forgetting about the details of the story there is part of the story that's um uh, uh called the holy drama there is the notion of like the love of the man and the woman have and then that they have kids and that they and that they have a family and that they reproduce and that they and that they have community mm-hmm. this is part of it's built into the cultural story of like how we're here yeah then if you look into like some of the Greek cosmogony, you have 
which I don't know a lot of detail, detail, but you have Zeus and whatever, and then the guy tries to kill his dad. Mm. I don't know if you mm. if you fully have it. No. Oh man, like the Greek cosmogony comes from a whole other angle because it has all this. And then if you look at how the world that the Greek Empire and the Roman Empire have built today, mm-hmm. there's it's not a surprise mm. because their cosmogony was based on just conquering, conquer and. Mm siblings killing each other and trying to kill their dad and just doing whatever you got to do to get to the top yeah yeah so do you see how that that worldview starting from just that why that's so important of having that base and then everything else kind of uh comes from there that's that's funny that you say that because i was just talking to uh my boy tim today and he was just like uh and i told him we're gonna have this topic and he was just like man it's just something about us man like why why can't we get it together like why why are we not like why are we not together why can't we just you know come together like white people and and blah blah blah, blah. and i'm just like well first of all that's let's not say that we can't come together right. you know but <clears throat> one thing about europe and you know the, the way they get down like you said the greek like that makes sense mm-hmm. like they do whatever they can. They don't care who you are. They used to fight each other the way that they fight us, or the right. way that they try to conquer. They try to conquer each other. Right. So there are people that will do anything they can to conquer somebody and rule over somebody at all costs. And we, by and large, you know, just going back to the comedic, like more of a peaceful, more about harmony, yes. more about being in alignment. You know, not necessarily about conquering somebody now exactly. you can use whatever powers for good or for evil but the goal wasn't to conquer every man and bring them no. under your subjection you know so yeah. um so yeah i mean that, that that makes sense i didn't know anything about the greek cosmogony yeah like go that, look but, at look yeah. at the cosmogony and, and zeus and all those stories of the the myths of uh, of how they how the the greeks sort of perceived how the world yeah. was created and how everything came to be yeah. it's just like whoa mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I, and here's one thing that's very difficult because actually when um, Angela's dad was here, uh, we were watching something on History Channel about Hannibal, mm-hmm. and he was this great military leader in Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, he was uh, fighting against Rome. Fight, I he's fighting from Africa. Yeah, he was fighting against Rome. <laughs> yeah, but he was black. African, but what they showed was how the Roman Empire, as they spread th- through Europe, expanded through Europe, through Germany, through France, through just all just pillaging yeah. uh, Europe. I'm watching, and you're watching the Romans go into this village of these savages. Quote unquote. So, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. White people who are in their villages living. Very civilized, mm-hmm. meaning not eating each other or doing anything crazy, mm-hmm. but they honor their ancestors. Just like it's done all over in Aboriginal culture, Native mm-hmm. culture, African culture. Mm-hmm. The same stuff, and you hear, and then you said there was a video of these guys, and there's, so there's this reenactment, right? This documentary yeah. type thing. And you see these guys fighting against the Romans and fighting against. Romans come in trying to tax them and take their land and convert them into away from their ancestral ways. Yeah. And it was really profound was it it's when I actually realized it really crystallized what you're just saying about how you know the the that empire expanded but we're all victims here of of this system of expansion, this system that was uh, built on blood and expansion. Yeah. To a point that most of European culture, most of Europe was already pre-Roman uh, uh, and you know Greek and all these invasions. Mm-hmm. They were culturally just like everybody else. We were just we were. It was the same culture. We had the same culture for good reason, because we all know where we where everyone came from. We had yeah. We had, <laughs> so true yeah. yeah. And and. We had a similar, and that all came to be removed and replaced with something else. Yeah. So, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is, and it, I'm totally going on a, on a 
I feel like I'm going on a sidebar here. You got it. But are you familiar with Tim Wise? I've heard of him. Yeah, because he he's he's this. Uh, I heard he's pretty woke. White guy mm-hmm. from the south somewhere, and his whole thing is trying to wake white people up to the fact that like. Y'all think that you're better off. You think that you're better off by yourself. What? You think that you're better off because you're white. Oh, just the white privilege mm-hmm. and just who you. Yeah, yeah, but if you actually look at what you've gotten out of this deal of being white, you got nothing. Mm. So how you did, got how nothing of substance? Yeah. So he was saying, he goes back into um, the whole notion of of white. Yeah, the whole idea of saying like we're white people mm-hmm. because that's a very new thing. It's, a, it's, it's actually a, a very construct. new construct that oh, yeah. just came out. Couple hundred years. Yeah, yeah, we're couple hundred eighteen hundreds. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not. There was no such thing. You were Italian, right? You were German, right? You were that. Race is a social construct, no doubt about it. You were you were where you were from, mm-hmm. and everybody was just kind of lumped into two pools. There was the first pool was those who had. All the resources and the guns. Mm-hmm. And then you had everybody else who was of all races who mm-hmm. were here in the United States. They were indentured servants. Yep. Irish, whatever, all. There were some it was free rich, it blacks. It was rich and the poor. It was rich and the poor. Because the, 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 the poor whites worked with the slave. The indentured servants, they worked with slaves side by side. Absolutely. Yeah. And then at some point, there was some kind of a revolt or some kind of thing brewing because everyone was sitting there going, wait a minute, there's like a hundred of us and this one guy sitting over in the big house over there. Yeah. Let's go get him. I think it was we're like talking about Bacon's... Native American. Everybody was together this going up there to say no. Mm-hmm. You there can't... was a couple of rebellions. There was one in, yeah. in Virginia. I think Bacon's Rebellion was one of them in yeah. Virginia where that's where they started like, all right, we're going to have to we got to do something because yeah. we can't have all these people going up against us because yeah. we're outnumbered. Too many poor people. And so then what did they do? The man do. Mm-hmm. The man comes up with the concept of white. He says, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. <laughs> At least you're not black. Boom. And then they created this whole thing of like, well, this is where like they say like the sort of like modern policing came from, the slave patrols, yeah. and came from giving certain white people the impression of power. Yeah. The, because they were now able to... Um, they were given a license to do whatever to create so yeah mm-hmm. some kind of power over others yeah but if you actually look from then until now at what they got out of the deal they didn't get really any land any riches but they did get they, the right to own land yeah, yes they, they, they did. got the right to own land they got the right to vote I think so what they I'm were given is by and large they're still poor as far as the the Size of what is what is the wealth that was created? Oh yeah, they were being used and oh, they're still being used for sure. Yeah, but uh, but a uh, a poor white man will always feel like he's better than a rich yes. black man. And he'll just feel, because, yeah, and it's, it's a feeling. It is. Again, it's, it's just all a it feeling is. because you know because they're strength in numbers. All, so they got numbers and but look at the cancer rates. Look at the people dying of all weird stuff. I don't even know what it is. Mm-hmm. Nobody's winning here. Is what I'm trying to say. Like, oh no, we're, 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 it's all an illusion. Man. Yeah, well, nobody's nobody's winning this. This uh, race whoever's is feeling like they're winning over there, they're not. The, yeah. There's only one person. There's only one group that's winning, and it's yeah. the ones that have all the yeah the control. elite. Yeah, yeah. that one percent, and everybody else is just. And that's the bottom. That's the the bottom line of it. That's mm-hmm. like the, well, I feel it's the bottom line, and so in all of this, you know, at least. It's also easier for me to come because I'm coming from outside mm-hmm. to be able to like step back from it and go okay, you know because I it's not that easy for me to do it like the British because the British came and I know there's the British guys that came <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. kicked my people off my land so I don't have I maybe I don't have that uh, objectiveness there mm-hmm. but I can kind of look at it from 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 an angle and go oh man you know and you can just see. You know, there's just the dysfunction going on in society across the board. Yeah. That is, uh, in the way we treat the planet and all this is just, it's like we're insane. Mm-hmm. 
like the human like we like we act like crazy people because mm. we're we're not in alignment not at all yeah so anyway this ah this there's an onion here there's so many levels and levels so and levels. levels and levels and levels and levels that you can keep going into but at the end of the day if we're able to zoom out and figure out what we can learn from each other mm-hmm. you know um i feel like there's a lot there's a lot that um um the culture that african culture has to offer to the african american community there's a lot of stuff there that that um, can be applied and used to strengthen the community yeah well so let's let's transition kind of back in, in that direction what's up y'all i'm doing something that i don't normally do which is breaking up one conversation in multiple episodes but i'm doing that because you know i realize that these longer conversations um it's easy to get tuned out you know is it just goes on for so long and then you just kind of lose interest or you're doing something else in life and i get it so this is something where i really just wanted to break it up because it's a very rich conversation and i don't want y'all to miss out on what's about to come up in the conversation so uh, i broke it up so go ahead and tap into part two and tune into the rest of this diaspora disconnect with shingy and myself so appreciate y'all for listening once again it's the socks and sandals podcast where society culture history and religion collide and we unapologetically discuss our world so i gotta speak i ain't gonna preach but i brace i'ma speak my peace trying to walk in peace i've been giving freedom a taste i'm just being free nike socks birkenstocks oh what a faux pas unmasked unabashed unashamed hear the voice of the unacclaimed yeah hear the voice of the unacclaimed